welcome back to the 49er Way podcast. On this episode, we will preview week 7 as the 49ers will host the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday Night Football at home. We will go through the injury report and we will go through the keys to the game as to how the 49ers can get back to 500 and get to 3-3 three and three as they currently sit at 2-3 and three in third place in the West Division. Jimmy Garoppolo is expected to return. We will get to that as well. And it is a certain someone's homecoming as well as DeForest Buckner will return to San Francisco for the first time since the Niners traded him to Indianapolis. We'll talk a little bit about that. And then we will take a look at the rest of the outlook of the NFC. The NFC is getting really crowded and competitive. We will talk a little bit about that and see how the Niners can get themselves back into competition. And also don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more 49ers news and analysis. The San Francisco 49ers are back off the bye week and will host the 2-4 Indianapolis Colts on Sunday night football. And with that, we don't have to talk about bye weeks anymore as there's nonstop Niners football from now till the beginning of January and hopefully beyond. Jay Sohota, Zach Chevy, welcome back to the 49er Way podcast, Faithful. A lot to talk about, and not a ton to talk about, and so we don't have to recap a game or anything, but we will look ahead to this Niners-Colts matchup and talk a little bit about what happened elsewhere in the NFC on this past week in the NFL in Week 6. Chevy, what's going on? How was your week? How did you enjoy Week 6? Oh, it was pretty good. You know, it was nice not having to stress much on Sunday, knowing that the Niners weren't playing and just being able to sit down and watch football. Uh, it, it was a good Sunday, but you know, I do miss watching the Niners play and I'm excited that from now until January, we won't have a week without the Niners playing. No doubt. And obviously when you look at when your team's on a bye week, you obviously want to see how the rest of the division does. And the Cleveland Browns and the New York Giants did the 49ers absolutely no favors at all. of getting <laughs> absolutely plastered. The Giants were no match at all. The Rams blew them out. I think it was 38 to 11 or 36 to 11, something like that. And then the Browns got demolished by Arizona, 37-14. The Cardinals continue to impress. They didn't even have Cliff Kingsbury in this game. He was out with COVID protocols. A lot of crazy things there for the Cardinals. However, the Pittsburgh Steelers did help out the 49ers. TJ Watt came up with a huge sack late in that game in overtime. And the Seahawks are now 2-4 and and in last place. So the Niners sit in third place. And obviously, when everyone else has their bye week, they will get a chance to make up some ground but you'll I mean we talked a little bit about this last week our schedule after the bye week is significantly easier than how we started in our first five games what are kind of your initial you know look you know looking ahead to this game initial thoughts heading into this one against Indianapolis and what the Niners need to do to come out with a win well, I, I think it's uh, hard to look at the Colts and, you know, everyone sees, oh, the two and four record. But recently in the last couple of games, it, they've been looking a lot stronger. They've been getting uh, a lot more offense. Carson Wentz finally looks a bit comfortable in that Colts system. Jonathan Taylor is starting to break out uh, the breakout that everyone thought he would have uh, this year for the Colts with that offensive line and that offense. And, you know, their their defense has always been it's always been there. It, you know, you got Darius Leonard, who's one of the best linebackers in the league with Fred Warner. You got Defoe, Buck, DeForest Buckner, who, you know, former Niner, 
can't wait to see him play against us. Miss him so much. So, so there's a lot to look forward to. This isn't just an easy, sure win uh, for the Niners in any way. You know, I, I, I would look at it the same way you look at all the other games. You know, you, you got to prepare and you got to attack and you got to make sure you win. And, and, and I really think that the Colts offense is the Colts in general are starting to pick things up and starting to piece things together. So I, I'm, I'm a bit worried, uh, you know, especially coming out of bye week with the two potentially injured quarterbacks. I know Jimmy G's in the right direction going towards that game, but it, I don't think this game's as easy as uh, some people see it. No, I think you put it into, in in the perfect words, to be honest, because Indianapolis is a good football team. They haven't looked like it to start the season, but you're damn right in the sense that the last two weeks, they have looked significantly better. They looked really good against Baltimore and then ended up coughing up that lead. And then they destroyed a team that they're supposed to be in the Houston Texans this past weekend. Carson Wentz is looking a lot better. And I know some people look at Carson Wentz and like you said, they look at the record and they're like, oh, this should be an easy game. This is a winnable game. I do not think by any means this is an easy game. The Colts have a good defense. They got a good coaching staff. Their offense is fairly decent. I believe they're getting Quentin Nelson back. I am not 100% sure. Obviously, it's only Wednesday. We'll find out later in the week. But if he is back, that's a big deal for Indianapolis. Not good for us. So we'll see how kind of kind of how that goes for us. But I do think this will be a tougher matchup for the Niners. Not going to be an easy one. But getting Jimmy Garoppolo back is a is a big deal so I am happy about that. At least he was limited today, but we'll see how he fares the rest of the week. But all signs are kind of pointing towards he will get the start on Sunday night. But I, I mean, but before we move on, I do want to revisit the DeForest Buckner trade. Obviously, this is his first time coming back. And, you know, there's definitely a lot of emotions that are going to be there for Defoe. I know he was one of my favorites, one of your favorites. And honestly, of the entire fan base, he was a fan favorite. And shipping him off was not an easy one. Now he's coming back. When the trade happened, this podcast did not exist. Therefore, I do want to take a few minutes to kind of talk about this. Obviously, since we don't have a game to recap, you know what? Now it's it's been a it's been over a year removed from that trade, so we've been able to see how you know how that kind of transpired. How you know what were the results and all that stuff. Should have we done it? Should have we not? Do it? I, I want to get your thoughts on obviously, like how you felt when the trade happened, and then now where you're like, well, was it still, you know, a bad trade, a good trade, and all that stuff? I want your take on that. So w- when the trade happened, I think we actually messaged each other because the podcast wasn't a thing to talk about how we felt about this trade. And originally, I thought the trade makes sense, made sense, and it was smart. I thought, you know, you can't pay both Defoe and Eric Armstead. And they chose to pay Armstead instead of Defoe, which I, at the time, was a bit curious of because, as, as you said, Defoe's a fan favorite. I love Defoe. And I, I thought he was the better player in general over Armstead, who had one year, who had a, a great year in 2019, but it was just one great year. And uh, I, I looked at the trade as more of a cycle. You know, we drafted Defoe. We developed Defoe. He was great. And then when the time came to pay him, we traded him for a first-round pick in the middle, took Javon Kinlaw, and was going to cycle that again. And, and I originally thought that was smart. You know, you you paid Armstead, you bring in Kinlaw, surrounding him with the strong defensive line, and, and it, it was a good trade at the time. 
Now that I'm looking at it, Armstead hasn't had the same impact that we expected him to have when he signed that big deal. Javon Kinlaw has had a like a decent amount of setbacks and injuries that hasn't allowed him to reach a bit of his full potential. So I personally would have loved to still have Defoe over Armstead in general. Uh, although if we didn't trade Defoe, we wouldn't have Kinlaw. And I, I still think the Kinlaw experiment uh, is too too short to f- measure the trade. But right now, I, I think the Colts are winning that trade because Defoe is just the better player. No no question. I definitely agree with, with all that. I do think, especially for Javon Kinlaw, I definitely agree with that. It is still too early. I do think Javon Kinlaw is a good football player. And when he is in there, he has shown that he's able to make an impact. So I do think the, the Niners did fine with that. I think Javon Kinlaw is a good player, but I do agree. It is too early to tell, you know, how he's, you know, he's, he's a little bit injury prone, not a lot. Hopefully he'll be out there this Sunday. He did not practice today, but hopefully he will be ready to go on Sunday because when he is in there, he is a force. Um, rolling back to last year when this trade occurred, I mean, I was shocked. I don't know. I think everyone was kind of shocked because DeForest Buckner, I mean, for God's sakes, he was a captain. I mean, he was a captain. He was an amazing player. He hardly missed time. Just a good personality, good person, great player. Like, there's not much that you can think about when you talk about DeForest Buckner that, you know, are negatives. The guy is just an an incredible person, incredible athlete and all that stuff. So, yes, it it was tough to move on. Financially, in the moment, Exactly like you said, I I understand, right? Things are getting a little tight. Bosa is going to get his contract eventually. Debo is going to get his contract eventually. Guys are going to need to get paid. But it came out today saying DeForest Buckner, you know, he was willing to take a pay cut in his extension to stay. That's a true team player. And I don't know, maybe maybe even that just didn't work financially when they're thinking about the future. I have no idea. I, I do I do trust Parag, who does all of the financials for the Niners. I trust him because he did a brilliant job this offseason. Um, that obviously it didn't work because if it could work, he would still be a Niner. But having said that, obviously, if we weren't able to keep them both, then obviously comes down to the decision of, well, who are you going to keep, right? Armstead or Defoe? And I still, still to this day, I do think Defoe was the guy you should have kept because Armstead... You're keeping a guy and paying him massive money for one good year when Defoe has given you three solid good years. And that's my issue with this. I understand Armstead's a little more versatile on the D-line, but DeForest Buckner's been the guy that's more consistent and kind of earned his captaincy a little bit more. I'm so, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little surprised Armstead is captain this year. I know he's a great guy. does amazing things in the community. He's also a fantastic guy off the field. But I just, I just think when it comes down to it, I mean... I would say, yeah, the, the the Colts definitely won this again. It's it's going to be tough to see Defoe coming back home, but at the same time, man, I got no hard feelings toward the guy at all. I want nothing for the best for him. I still root. I will root for him for as long as he, if he gets a sack. I might be a little bitter on Sunday, but you know, I, I truly do wish the best for him going forward. I, I I hope he has a tough day. I mean, hey, it's going to be a good matchup. If he's going against what Lakin Tomlinson or Trent Williams or something, that's going to be a good matchup. Yeah, and I I think that. As you said, like, I probably would have preferred to keep Defoe, but at the same point, keeping Defoe means you lose Armstead and you don't have a replacement because the, the reason why we kept, Def- we kept Armstead over Defoe was 
Armstead, if we didn't keep him, he he would have left as a free agency. Whereas Defoe, we had the opportunity to trade him and recu- recoup an asset, which was the first round pick that we used for Kinlaw. And so I, I understand. And obviously, I was feeling the same way that I thought we should have kept Defoe. But I understand the asset management aspect of it when we got rid of Defoe for the addition of Kinlaw. Yeah, no, that 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 is a good point. That is a good point because Armstead was drafted a year before Defoe. So yes, his contract mm-hmm. would have came up one year short. Defoe was expected to be a free agent the year after, but then once he got traded to Indy, Indy ended up giving him a contract anyways. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, it's been, a, I think a lot of people to say the least are fairly disappointed in how that trade ended up, but you know, it is what it is. I think Speaking of Armstead and this and this defense, I think that's one of the biggest things in this game that I think the Niners need to do the best at is stopping Jonathan Taylor. He is a problem. The guy is absolutely balling out these past few weeks, and I think that if the Niners need to be able to stop the run, if they want to have a chance to win this football game. Yeah, I, I totally agree. As I said, Jonathan Taylor was a menace in college, and I, I'm pretty sure something came out today where uh, Fred Warner during his draft interviews, he was asked by multiple teams who the hardest running back he ever faced in college was, and the answer was Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor, he he, he was a Heisman uh, candidate for a long time in college, and, you know, he's running behind this elite offensive line or, or was elite offensive line for the Colts. And, and at the start of the year, the success wasn't there for them, but they're finally figuring out how to put the pieces together and how to be successful on the run using Jonathan Taylor, using that system. Again, a lot of it has to do with Carson Wentz. And when Carson Wentz is going, that entire offense is going and it's moving in motion. So I I think it all comes down to the run game because their run game is how they get their positioning and how they uh, let Carson Wentz go. So, so, so I really, I really think stopping Jonathan Taylor is, is a big, big uh, thing we need to do this Sunday. Yeah, no, absolutely. It definitely is. And he, when he's able to get going, Carson Wentz is able to get going. And that's something that, I mean, we would normally talk about the Niners, and I think we need to get our run game going. That's been a big problem for us and not being able to jumpstart our own offense. Obviously, the plan is that Jimmy Garoppolo does come back on Sunday, and I do think that that is a big deal. I know people are talking about, oh, you're going back to Jimmy J for Trey Lance. Well, this is a very unique situation in the sense that I don't think anybody could have, you know, scripted they scripted this scenario and when we have thought of all the scenarios in the book this offseason of when Lance is going to start and the, the whole dynamic but I don't think anyone could have scripted the fact that Garoppolo gets hurt Lance comes in Lance starts a game Lance gets hurt now Garoppolo's back in I don't think anybody had that sequence of events happening but that looks like that is what's going to happen so very interesting stuff there it doesn't look like Trey Lance is going to suit up on Sunday, so I'm kind of just praying to God that Garoppolo is okay and there's no, you know, random BS going on there. And the next thing you know, Nate Sussfeld is going to be starting on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we not need to make sure Jimmy G's out there. That's the only way we'll win this game. As I know Shanahan can win with this system. And, and you know, looking at the week against the Cardinals, we, we had a good game plan uh, defensively and we kept it close against the number one team in the NFL right now. But if we want to win, Jimmy G has to be out there and balling out. 
You know, George Kittle isn't going to be there to help Nate Sudfeld out if he's starting. Uh, Jimmy G can navigate with Debo, IU, Sherfield, Trey Sermon, Elijah Mitchell. He, he can work with the offense. He's worked with it before. He's played without George Kittle before. Not, not very much, but he's played without him before. And he's just the veteran guy. He's the guy you want out there starting. Uh, we saw that after Lance started. Lance looked good. We've all said that. But Lance does not look like he is that veteran ready to take over a game where Jimmy G is. Jimmy G will win you the game. Jimmy G, as we've said, in his career as a Niner, has won. That is all he does. So I, I hope Jimmy G's out there. And I think if Jimmy G's out there, we have a much better chance of winning this game. Uh, and I really look forward to seeing how Jimmy G does coming back off this injury. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you look at it, how the season has gone thus far and week one, Garoppolo was, was fantastic. Defense was fantastic. Had a bit of a blip near the end of the game, but we won the football game. Week two, similar thing. Offense struggles. Defense played a pretty good game overall. Garoppolo gets his shit together on offense. We win the game. Week three against Green Bay, same thing. Struggled again on offense. Defense wasn't that great. But again, Garoppolo had us there, able to, you know, put us in position to win the game with 34 seconds left. And it weren't for Aaron Rodgers just being Aaron Rodgers, right? No, there's no need to explain that. That's the reason why we lost there. But Garoppolo put did everything in his power to put us in position to win the game. Week four against Seattle, first half, Niners out playing Seattle by a mile. Garoppolo ends up getting hurt. Lance has to come in. He looks a little off. He played very good, but you know what I mean? Like, not not enough, right? It's a rookie debut. He's not going to end. Then Russell Wilson's Russell Wilson. He's going to do his thing. And then, and now you're going on the road and playing undefeated Arizona with a rookie quarterback. Yeah, it would have helped a little bit more. But, you know, it is what it is. And, you know, that stuff's going to happen eventually. But it'll be, it'll be a lot bigger. A lot more big and important to have Jimmy Garoppolo out there on Sunday. Yeah, and, and taking a look at the defense, because I, I know they played phenomenally against the Cardinals. And if we see the exact same defense against the Cardinals, against the Colts, we're going to be fine. We're going to be solid. They had a good game plan. But I can't help but notice that the secondary still scares me. Norman and Emmanuel Mosley did play well, and I'll give it them that, and it really showed with the score against the Cardinals. But at the same point, I just I just don't know if I can trust that secondary. The good news is Kwan Williams, Kwan Williams is coming back, or most likely is coming back. He was limited at practice today, and if he comes back at nickel, I, I think I feel a, a bit more secure uh, with our defense in secondary. But at the same point, like how much of it was a fluke week over uh, they're actually a solid secondary. And that is what uh, concerns me. Uh, and I'm just I, I just hope that Carson Wentz, you know, he, he he's back, but he's not back to the point where he just burns our secondary and it's just looking rough. Yeah, I mean, also, I mean, a lot of people forget last year. I mean, a Philadelphia Eagles team comes in week four last year on Sunday Night Football, and that was a game, even with Nick Mullins starting, that's a game the Niners should have won, and we lost. That's something that I look at this game, and I'm saying, well, it's the same thing. We lost to Carson Wentz last year. I don't see a reason why he could do it again. We need to to stop him and get to him because we've all seen it in the past. 
when you can put pressure on Carson Wentz, he does not fare well. And you know who wasn't in those games that's going to be on the field on Sunday? Nicky Bosa and D Ford, who weren't on the field in that week four game last year, are going to be on the field in this game. So that, I think, is definitely something to add in there for sure. But I don't know. We'll see what happens in this game. But yeah, back to your point about Kwan Williams. Yeah, he looks like he's a, he's expected to play. I, I think that's definitely a big deal. I'm with you. The secondary still is a little worrisome. On paper, when I look at it, I'm like, well, we got Mosley who's playing really good. We got Norman. I get it. He's a little washed up. That's whatever, but he's playing decent. And you got Tartan Ward in the in the at safety. On paper, I'm looking at it and I'm like, our our secondary is really not as bad as it may seem. But then when they're on the field and they're playing. You're right. There's something missing, and I can't really put my finger on it. I, I don't know about you. Would you ever consider starting Lenore over Josh Norman? Uh, I wouldn't. You know, Lenore looked great in preseason. He looked good coming into the year, but he's still a rookie and didn't. And when the games matter, you'd rather have that veteran in there. Josh Norman hasn't been terrible. There's been plays where I looked and go, oh, that that's not great. But I would still take Josh Norman and his experience and uh, his and what he and his capability at corner right now over Lenore because as much as I think Lenore is going to be great, a great cornerback in the league, I, I just feel like the more time we give him away and the more we put in an experienced cornerback like Josh Norman, it, the better it is for our team. You know, if we had Jason Verrett in there and maybe Emmanuel Mosley was injured, maybe I'd say hey, give Lenore a chance because you have Barrett in there and you have that reliable guy. But without that reliable number one guy, you just want to have the most experience you can out there to hopefully uh, garnish and, and come with a number one guy against the Colts because right now they have two guys they can look and target. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they target Josh Norman. I wouldn't be surprised if they target Emmanuel Mosley. It's not like there's one guy like the Cowboys right now with Trayvon Diggs. No one should be targeting Tray- Trayvon Diggs unless you have a complete set play because that man's playing out of his mind. So right now, I would start the veterans over Lenore, but but I understand why some people are trying to get him out there. I I, I think they're going to use him. I just don't think he's going to start or be in as big of a role. That's fair. That's fair. And I, I, I just, I don't know. There's something about it where I'm like, well, Lenore played very good in the first two weeks. Why not go and give him a shot? But you're right, Josh Norman, it's not like he's played bad. He's played good. Like, there, yeah, there's been some times where he's been whatever, but this isn't Carolina Josh Norman we're talking about, where he's a little washed up now, but I think that he's still playing at a good enough level where I feel comfortable putting him out there. And I think Emmanuel Mosley has been great so far. There's nothing much that I've seen that's been bad um, from him. And I think this is a matchup where the Colts aren't putting out a product where they got, this isn't Arizona, right? Where you got D hop and AJ green and Christian Kirk and Rondell Moore and threats all over the place. Same thing with Seattle. You have to deal with DK and uh, Tyler Lockett, whether this game, you got Michael Pittman, but Paris Campbell's hurt. Uh, T Y Hilton is hurt. I don't think he's going to play. So Indy is kind of short on receiving threats. So that's what I'm saying. If we could stop the run and make Carson Wentz throw, that's going to help us out significantly. So, I don't know. This is going to be an interesting game. I mean, all of the primetime games have been down to the wire, so I wouldn't be shocked if this game was also down to the wire. And if it does come down to a field goal, honestly, I'm not really worried because Joey Sly's got a hell of a leg. So, I'm not too worried about that if it came down to something like that. 
Of course, Joey Sly will be the Niners kicker for the next two weeks until Robbie Gold is eligible to return in week nine against the Arizona Cardinals. And then also another fun fact here, the Niners have not beaten the Indianapolis Colts in 20 years was the last time the Niners beat the Indianapolis Colts in 2001. So it's been a hot minute since the Niners have been able to win against the Colts. So hopefully that will happen on Sunday. Rounding out the injury report, Marcel Harris is, I don't think he's out, but he mispracticed with a thumb injury. Javon Kinlaw did not practice. Trent Williams did not practice, but I'm not worried about Trent. I think he'll be fine. If he played last week, he's fine. I'm not too worried about that. And then, of course, George Kittle remains on IR until week nine with that calf injury. So, Niners-Colts seems like a winnable matchup on Sunday night. Looking at that, it's a big win because taking a look at the rest of the NFC after week six, it's it's pretty unbelievable because for the past handful of years, there's been maybe two or three teams max that kind of run the table, right? Last year, it was New Orleans, Green Bay. Uh, I wouldn't call it. Seattle wasn't that great. I think their the record was a little deceiving, but definitely Green Bay and New Orleans. Tampa Bay was definitely in there. Year before that, 2019, it was Green Bay, New Orleans, San Francisco. There's always really two or three teams. You look at the NFC this year, there is five good football teams in the NFC that honestly, I could probably make a case for the for the Super Bowl for all five of these teams. The Niners cannot lose this game against Indianapolis with, with how competitive this NFC is right now. Yeah, I, this NFC is ridiculous right now. You know, it... It's not just the NFC West, which is by far the toughest division in the entire NFL, but the Bucks are still proving why they won the Super Bowl last year. The Packers, after their week one kerfuffle, is looking great. And the Cowboys, they're looking like the juggernaut of the NFC right now. You know, yes, the Cardinals are 6-0 and and all the other teams, the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl, but the Cowboys, the biggest problem with them was their defense and their defense is starting to play well. Uh, Dak's looking like a veteran quarterback, looking like a top five quarterback in this league. And they have offensive weapons everywhere. CD, Amari, Michael Gallup, who's injured. They have Zeke and Tony Pollard, who are splitting time basically in the backfield and both producing. So the Cowboys and the NFC in general, they're scary. They're they're looking like uh, it's not going to be as easy as we thought uh, going into the year. Oh, no doubt. I mean, we were worried about the NFC West, but yeah, it's the entire conference that, I mean, is just playing at a really high level. You're bang on with the Dallas Cowboys. They're playing at a really, really high level. Green Bay's won five straight. The Buccaneers are on a roll. Even, um, I mean, I'm really impressed with Tampa Bay with their secondary has just been completely depleted, and yet they still find a way to win games. That just got to go, you know, that's all got to go to credit to TB12 and what he does there. Arizona 6-0, and putting on a show every week. The Rams are 5-1. and They're still looking like a, a championship, you know, level team right there. Carolina's now dropped three straight. The Saints are kind of iffy at 3-2, and two, and the Vikings are kind of iffy at 3-3. Three and three. The Niners have a chance to win this game, put themselves back on the map, because you look at the next four games, you got Indy, Chicago, next two weeks, winnable games. And then after that, Arizona and L.A., this is a big four-game stretch here because you win these next two games, you're putting yourself in position to get back into things, right? That's the biggest thing there. Whether if you lose, it's not a big deal. But if you lose any of these next two games, it might be done because you can't be 2-4 and four and this NFC is just that good. And there's really, when I look at it, 
two open spots right now in the in the NFC when there's seven. But like I said, there are five teams playing at a ridiculously high level, which leaves two spots left. And Carolina can be dangerous if they return back to their, you know, they are a young team, but I do think they're a very talented team. If they get their stuff together, they're going to be a tough team to beat. And Stephon Gilmore hasn't even hit the field yet. The Saints are very iffy. I'm never counting out a Sean Payton-led team. And then the Vikings are fairly decent as well. This is a big, big game here. Yeah, as you said, the next two weeks are a bit easier than some of our other opponents because we are in the NFC West and in the most difficult division. We have to face six teams or six. we have six games over the year of just difficult opponents no matter what. So we have to capitalize on games against the Colts and the Bears who aren't necessarily in that upper echelons of teams. So this game against the Colts, for me, is a bit of a do or die. If we do not win this game and we are two and four in the NFC, specifically the NFC West, I don't see a big path to the playoffs. So as much as, oh, it's week seven, it's not really do or die, but this is kind of it with how stacked our division and the conference is. And as you said, there's only two spots we're fighting for. A loss now against these teams would be detrimental. However, in the later uh, weeks when we play like the Cardinals and the Rams, if we split those, it is all right because we've secured the easy, the easier wins against the Colts and the Bears. So these next two weeks are crucial towards our playoff outlook. Absolutely. And not even just that, but it's how we win the game. I was reading an article on ESPN and they're saying the problem with the 49ers right now, five games into the season is they don't have a set identity. And I could not have agreed with that more because it's true. You look at week one, the 49ers offense was sensational. And then the defense was kind of like really good. And then kind of eh. week two, it's the opposite. The offense was kind of eh, and then they, you know, did just enough to win the game. Week three was all over the place. And then weeks four and five Garoppolo wasn't there. So the Niners have not been able to establish a run game. Brendan Ayuk has not been able to get involved in this offense. Garoppolo has been there for two and a half games and has looked fairly good. Lance clearly still needs time. The defense looks really, really good at times and then kind of at times. The Niners need to put, and I talked a lot about this on last week's episode, the Niners need to put together a complete game. I think that more than anything will make me feel, and a lot of fans, very comfortable knowing where we're at. Because if we're sitting at three and three, and the Niners go into this game and play a beautiful game. Offense looks great. Jimmy looks great. The defense looks good, right? It doesn't have to be perfect, but, you know, less penalties. Get a few turnovers on on uh, defense, right? On offense, we, we put together a few nice drives. The run game is going well. That will kind of make us all be like, okay, we're not done yet. We can compete with these teams. Because, look, the matter of the fact is this. The Niners did, at least in my opinion, we did not play a pretty game week three against Green Bay. Green Bay is a team that I would consider one of the top teams in the NFC. They're At least they're playing like it right now. And the Niners played them as competitive as anyone. And that was not a pretty game by any means. But yet we still played them all the way down to the wire. So if we can get back to that and play a perfect game this time, that's what I'm looking for in this game and obviously going forward. But this game specifically. And then one other note I want to add, as we talked about capitalizing and, and trying to get back into things. One other thing the Niners have to capitalize on here, especially in these next few weeks, is the fact that Russell Wilson is not in the lineup for the Seattle Seahawks. 
I don't think people like realize how. I mean, some people do realize how big of a deal it is. I think it's more weird than it is like realizing that oh crap, Russell Wilson is not in the lineup. But the Niners have a chance to make up a lot of ground here, a lot of ground because I don't see. I know they said Russell Wilson's gonna be out six to eight weeks. I don't buy that. The minute Russell Wilson's eligible to come back, he's going to do everything in his power to come back. Next few weeks, Niners have got to try and make up ground, make a little bit of a, a little bit of a gap between them and Seattle from third and fourth place. That I think is another big deal to keep an eye out on as well. I totally agree. I think you know the Geno Smith led Seahawks. They they did fine. They they kept it a close game to the Steelers. Although I wouldn't say the Steelers are the same team that they were the last couple years. But they did keep it a close game against that. We need to make ground on them. Uh, one thing I do want to say, as you were talking about our previous games, we haven't really had that blowout identity win, and, yes. and that's really that's really what we're looking for. That's what we need. And, and these are the two opponents that you can do that against. Maybe you get the run game going against the Colts, and this is our blowout run game. Maybe, maybe Jimmy G has a game, and Debo Samuel and Ayuk are are the stars of the game, and they get going. We we really do need that big win game, that comforting game. I, and I, I really do think if we are going to get that, it's going to be in the next two weeks. And if we do get that, it's a huge momentum booster and something that will carry us to hopefully towards the playoffs. Absolutely. And people are going to start talking about us again. Like, I feel like people are just leaving us out because we're two and three, but like on paper, we are like the, two and three is not the team we're supposed to be losing the the last three games consecutively was not how it's supposed to be. If we're if we were three and two, I'd be like, OK, I can see it. But two and three losing three straight to three competitive teams. That's not 49ers football. When I look at this team, that's not a team that should be losing to three to three playoff contending teams. We're, we're better than that. So we got to get back to things somehow, some way. And absolutely a blowout win would be massive. Getting back to that thing running. I feel like the week one Detroit game was an identity game, just minus the last like five minutes of that game. If that just never happened and the final score was like 41-17, that would have been the identity game. But because whatever kind of voodoo crap went on in the last five minutes, the world got turned upside down in those five minutes. That was kind of like, oh, wait a minute. Like, I like I don't know what the hell just <laughs> happened there, right? It was a right. That's what I'm saying. We're blowing the out. I'm like, okay. This is the 49ers team that I'm looking for, right? Greenlaw's running pick sixes. Garoppolo's throwing deep balls. Elijah Mitchell's running for over 100 yards. That's what I'm talking about. Shanahan's, you know, on his game. That's what I'm talking about. And it just seems like we haven't been able to find that rhythm ever since that five-minute collapse. Let's hope this bye week was able to settle things, right? Settle the waves down a little bit. We're back at home. Let's get the... I mean, for God's sakes, we haven't won a game at Levi's Stadium and Jesus, like, probably since a, a year ago. I think that week six game against the Rams was the last time we for God's sake, that might have been the last guy that might have been the last time we played a complete game for heaven's sakes. So we 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 gotta do something, man. I just I hope I hope we're we're coming out with a win and I hope next week we're talking about, you know, good things. We need a win more than ever, and I hope that's what happens. Yeah, I hope that's a win too. We need this win. As I said, it's do or die. Uh and I'm excited for this week. Absolutely. And with that, we're going to wrap up this one. Week seven of the NFL getting started tomorrow night. Not a great game. Broncos and Browns on Thursday night football. And the Niners will round it out on Sunday night against the Colts. I'm not going to lie. Low-key kind of shocked this game wasn't flexed, but I'm happy. Sunday night, we're wearing the throwback reds again. I'm happy about it. Should be a fun one. Chevy, final thoughts? 
Final thoughts. The Niners need to blow out the Colts, and if they don't, I'm going to be disappointed. I'd, at the end of the day, a win is a win. A blowout would be nice. I just I don't care. This game is probably going to be a little closer than I think. That's okay. I just want to win in convincing fashion. Even if it's 20-24, just play a complete game. That's what I want to see from this team. So with that, that'll do it from this episode of the 49 Away Podcast. Don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more Niners news and analysis. Have a good week, Faithful. Enjoy the game, and we will see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the 49 Away Podcast. Don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more Niners news and analysis. And keep it locked and stay tuned as we got weekly episodes coming your way.